can you describe ad tech in only three words? Batshed crazy. <laughs> Okay. Welcome to The Dank Show, brought to you by Simeon, where the best of the best in advertising, media broadcast, and video innovation gather to reveal and discuss what's now, new, next, and beyond. I'm your host, Heather Prather. In today's episode, Riva Leba and I chat with Achilles Legrave, the founder and product leader at Brandzuga, a video marketing platform that makes it possible for anybody to execute video ad campaigns on the biggest sites on the web. Achilles writes for publications such as Ad Age and Dow Jones and speaks regularly on subjects ranging from entrepreneurship and ad tech to agile and product development. On our chat today, Achilles shares his thoughts on programmatic advertising, the tech industry, and how the advertising community should view and address ad blocking. So here's our interview with Achilles. All right. So can you let us know, um, for the people who've never heard of programmatic video uh, marketing, uh, what that is? Well, programmatic video marketing or programmatic marketing in general um, is the most powerful way to advertise online. Um, What it does is it allows advertisers to serve their ad content, whether it's a video or a banner, although to be fair, you have a higher um, higher likelihood to survive an airplane crash than to actually click on a banner. Right. Um, programmatic gives advertisers the ability to serve their advertising in real time against targeted audiences. So it's kind of like Facebook in the sense that you get to go in and define who you want to see your content, but you get to see it, you you get to place that content across millions of websites beyond Facebook. So everything from CNN to the New York Times to basically any, any site that is doing uh, advertising online, you're able to suddenly uh, target users on those sites. Great. Um- what are some of the, I mean, it is pretty powerful what programmatic can do, but what are some of the downfalls or, um, hardships. yeah, the hardships of using programmatic? Well, so the hardships of using programmatic up to this point have been two things. Uh, it's in- incredibly expensive to access the programmatic space. Um, and in order to do it successfully, generally speaking, you need a professional media buyer. Uh, and a professional media buyer is somebody who generally has a, um advanced degree in either mathematics or data sciences. So it's been cost prohibitive. And that's the reason why when you go to CNN, you end up seeing the same Chevy ads over and over. And it's only those very... Uh, very large-scale advertisers that are able to leverage um, those um, those placement opportunities. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about um, Brandzuka and you know a little about yourself and Brandzuka? Yeah, so um, Brandzuka is a uh, platform that allows anyone to tap into into that programmatic space. So if you Think about the two things that I just said were uh, friction points to accessing programmatic, number one, cost, and number two, um, uh, skill set. Programmatic 
Brentuka is a programmatic platform that allows anyone to successfully deploy uh, targeted ads anywhere online. And the way we do that is by replacing that media buyer with a um, artificial intelligence that is able to take care of that and decrease that cost of entry significantly. So suddenly anyone can place an ad on CNN against a targeted audience for as little as 50 bucks. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. So you're basically taking down the cost and giving them obviously the skills. <laughs> Um, we are we are removing most of the upfront costs that lead to um, to people not having access into the space. So we're a platform that anybody can go. You can go to brinsuka.com and open an account for free and launch a campaign whenever you want to launch a campaign. Whereas uh, outside of Brinsuka, you would have to go hire a media agency and shell over close to $250,000 just to start running a, a programmatic campaign in the way that we do. What type of campaigns are you seeing more of? Are you seeing more campaigns um, with social influencers or are you seeing the traditional advertising um, that's been around? Yeah, so I think I think the traditional uh, spray and pray advertising um, is dying and is 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 going to have to go away over time. Um, it just um, it just doesn't make sense, particularly over digital, where you have the capability of talking uh, much more personally to specific audiences. And I think audiences, when you look at at at, at the growth of ad blockers, etc., are reacting negatively to that to that type of advertising to begin with. Um, but as far as the Brunsuka platform is concerned, we started it with the idea of um, of having a Goldilocks zone where we would be able to empower these these very small brands that wanted to advertise in, in, in a powerful way online. It's been very surprising to us and a big and and a big part of the secret behind our growth has been um, how far-reaching the adoption of the platform has been. So we have an extremely diverse and vibrant platform of advertisers, everything from independent yoga teachers all the way up to Fortune 100 brands uh, like Apple and Microsoft and Duraflame launched uh, their uh, their winter campaigns via Brandsuka just yesterday. Um, so, you know, the the adoption really has been far and wide across the spectrum for us. But we personally really get most excited when we see cool little brands that, that speak to us uh, that we would never have seen online before. So more smaller brands are being recognized um, because of Brandsuka. Absolutely. Okay. And during the session um, at Denver Startup Week, you stated that ad, block, ad blocking is a symptom to the real problem. Can you expand more on that? I know you kind of did a little bit. Um... Yeah. So basically my perspective is while most of the ad tech industry is really, really focused on um, – and figuring out how to kill ad blockers, I think I think a more 
proactive solution would be to ask ourselves, why are people using ad blockers, right? right. Uh, if you have to go out there and research what an ad blocker is and download and install an ad blocker, et cetera, uh, that constitutes behavior on the part of the user. So what are we doing as an industry, whether we are the advertising platform or the publisher or the advertiser itself, uh, that is leading users to just want to opt out altogether from um, from receiving ads in the, in, in the first place? What research actually shows is that individuals are quite capable of, um, of absorbing a load a, a specific threshold load of um, of media content and and advertising content online. It's when we go beyond that, and when you start serving thirty seven ads on a page, and there's more ads than there is content on that page, that people start to get really turned off. And the shame of it is is that you can't choose which websites you're going to go ahead and, and and block that content for what users are doing is they're they're blocking out all, all content period so when we start actually peeling back uh why they're doing that we start finding that ad content is invasive so we have to we have to face up to the fact that some ad formats um are invasive and disruptive to um to uh, to users online um a lot of content is irrelevant. So there's a lot of really poorly, badly targeted ads out there that just don't don't add any kind of value proposition in our individual lives. Um, and then the last thing is 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 how many ads are we trying to shove down people's throats? And 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 when we look at particularly in the display side, how rapidly that uh, those banners have become commoditized. You have publishers trying to make up the difference just by adding more and more and more banners. Uh, so I think all those three things have reached a critical point on on many online publishers that it's it's driving that behavior. So I think we need to find ways to fix that behavior. And it's not going to be any one thing, but a number of things that we can all do in the way we advertise online or in the way that we monetize our websites um, that is going to ultimately help us do that. Okay. Can you describe ad tech in only three words? Bad shit crazy. <laughs> Okay. And what is it that you like um, about creating solutions? Well, you know, so when you're dealing tech, um, usually the best solutions have to do uh, with the intersection of two things. It is highly complex systems uh, that people can't access, right? So it is, it is it, complexity leads to a lack of access on the one side. And on the other side, it's, it's communications. So the highest value that the internet provides is communication at a very basic level. So whether that is uh, bank accounts communicating to one another or servers communicating to one another or us having this, com this communication over Skype, um, that is that is the highest value proposition that the internet has to offer. So whenever you find complex communication systems online that you can disrupt, 
that you can make accessible and you can make easy and you can invite people to leverage, I think those are the solutions that have proven themselves to be of the highest um, of the highest value um, as a society. And when we place a high societal value towards something, obviously, uh, generally speaking, that value ends up um, manifesting itself also in 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 a valuation side of things. So we are very cognizant of that in terms of uh, what we do, whether it's um, within Alex's investment group, BCV, or what we're doing specifically at Bransuka. Interesting. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your solution for creators? Oh, um, yeah. So I think I think that's a little bit of a misnomer. Um, Bransuka will never have a... Uh, a content creation side to what we do. And we're, we've just been very clear on that from day one, if that's what you're asking. Uh, we believe that the uh, creation equation is something that a lot of other companies uh, are investing their time, focus, and resources in already uh, and have, ha have great points of view. So whether it's, um, whether it's folks like... Um, like Luminati down in Denver or um, or Animoto out in New York um, on the video content creation side of things or Capost in Boulder um, or, or, or you guys at Simeon on, on the content delivery side. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of innovation and focus on that side. Um, what Brinsuka hopes to do is provide better tools for those creators uh, in being able to onboard their content to Brinsuka and target that co that uh, content via their customers that are specifically aimed at uh, helping creators better leverage their content online. That's exciting. Super exciting. We're working really hard at it. They definitely will love that. So where um, do you see advertising heading within the next few years? Yeah, I think I think we are at an amazing inflection point uh, where we are starting to talk beyond ad units and we're starting to talk about um, content relevancy and performance. So I think I think over the next five years, what you're going, going to see is going, is you're going to see the walled gardens collapse and you're going to see a lot more access into some of these places that have been kind of off limits unless unless you're a specific uh, tier of advertiser. But at the same time, you're going to see folks demanding that their content run in a uh, performance-driven way uh, where they are actually finding connection and relevancy with their viewers. Uh, and I think I think that has been the promise of digital advertising for a long time. But I think we have the first real chance of seeing it turn true um, within the next five years. And I think that's just going to be absolutely amazing. And beyond that, I think you're going to see that cascade out beyond digital. Uh, I think one of the things you're going to start hearing a lot about next year is programmatic TV and programmatic radio and the ability to the ability for a small brand to suddenly be serving programmatic video um, on um, on Thursday night NBC 
in a specific market for just a few hundred dollars is 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 something that's just going to be amazing. That's definitely going to change the media ecosystem a little bit. <laughs> a little bit a <of> lot. <laughs> um, what tools can you give our audience? Um, what can they take away um, from your knowledge as well as Brandzuka's platform? Well, I think beyond Brandzuka's platform, I think they need to be thinking about um, – thinking about their content and making their content highly relevant and highly personal um, in speaking in speaking their value proposition. I think focusing on video is a good bet for the next uh, uh, for the next while uh, yet. Um, I think uh, versioning creative and thinking of creative rather than a one size fits all uh, is, is a really interesting lesson. You know, one of the I'll share with you a key learning that we have had at Brinsuka that I think is really powerful. Uh, and I don't think we've shared it publicly yet. But one of the things that we found as we're launching campaigns from everything from large brands to very small brands is that most often the little brands achieve levels of engagement and levels of metrics that put big brands to shame. And you would wonder why that is, since big brands have such high, highly polished content. And what we've realized is that content that that the quality of your content, in terms of uh, technical quality of your video, has very little to do with things. Uh, audiences really respond to genuine messaging, um, even if it's rough. We had. To this day, one of the videos that we most talk talk about is a video that we saw launched out of Philadelphia by a carpet cleaner. And this guy just shot the video on his phone um, interviewing a little old lady about, about cleaning her carpet and what that meant to her. And she was so touching and so genuine and so thankful about it that it really, uh, it really brought to bear the power of what this carpet cleaner did in a way that uh, that most big brands can't begin to match. So my my biggest message is stay true to what you do and don't get too concerned about pretty video. Make sure that you're uh, or or pretty marketing. It's more important to have effective marketing. Yeah, I, you know, um, I mean, we've seen it a lot that people want personal you know, personal relationships with brands or even companies that they're, you know, dealing with. So it's really nice to see um, smaller companies that they can get that reach that brand, big brands already have. You know, it's really competitive out there to, you know, compete against um, some of these huge companies. So I think that's really great that Brandzuka is helping or enabling companies to do that. Well, thank you. We think that as well. <laughs> So what inspiration can you give our audience um, who would like to get in the tech field and create solutions um, such as yourself? Um, you know, I think, uh, I think really uh, be fearless and be prepared to work as a team and uh, work the hardest that you've ever worked in your life and you'll be okay. Um, you know, it's 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 taken a lot of failure from across everybody in the team 
to get to a place where we can um, where we, we can deliver at the rate that we're delivering. So I think um, I just look back at my own career uh, and my life, and I started my first tech company when I was 24, and um, that was this just amazing implosion failure type scenario that that we in tech like to talk about over drinks. Um, <laughs> But it's 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 really tough at a, at a personal level. So I think one of the things that we often talk about is is celebrating failure. Um, I think to whatever degree anyone can wire themselves to celebrate their own failures and learn from them and move on, actually continuously leads you to better refining your skill set and being successful in the long term. Absolutely. Be fearless. Why Boulder, Colorado, instead of Silicon Valley? Have you ever been to Boulder? <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's the answer. <laughs> yeah, uh, actually, you might want to cut that from the podcast. Uh, <laughs> we don't need more people moving to Boulder. Yeah. Uh, listen, Boulder, Bo Boulder's an incredible ecosystem. Um. That 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 provides provides the opportunities for us to be successful beyond the things that that many Silicon Valley companies have identified as the variables that they need to be successful. Um, that comes with challenges, certainly. I, I often hear from companies that it's significantly more challenging to raise venture funding in Boulder than it would be in Silicon Valley, and I. I believe that that's likely true, um, but at the same time, it gives us the ability to have uh, have meetings while hiking the Flatirons and the proximity of all startups around, um, whether that's around downtown and Pearl Street, where you're suddenly having coffee and ten minutes later are engaged in a uh, in an intellectual conversation that leads to some to some breakthrough that you wouldn't have had, had had you not run into X, Y, or C at the coffee shop, um, et cetera, are things that, um, that are unique to Boulder. And I think, I think Boulder best exemplifies that ethos of, um, of, uh, giving first. And I think that's incredibly, uh, incredibly powerful. Here's, here's one thing that's, that, that just continues to amaze me about Boulder. I can have, incredible competitors in Boulder, um, you know, to the death type type competitors who are building similar platforms or whatever, but we will still go out of our way to help each other out. That's great. Right? Really nice. So nice. it is it is it is it is a very factual factual point of view within the community that uh the uh the tide left all boats and um and we're all working as hard as we can but we are all working towards a communal outcome as to what Boulder becomes. Probably that a uh, clean mountain air as opposed to. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we also put a lot of Kool-Aid in the, in the clean mountain air. So that helps. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So do you by chance happen to watch the show Silicon Valley? Oh, fuck. <laughs> um, you know, um, my um 
uh, one of my co-founders, Kelly, and I were really into that show um, uh, for the first, like, four or five, six episodes of season one. When was it? Last year, as we were uh, launching the company. Mm-hmm. And the very, very weird thing is that is that the Bransuka journey was uh, was acting in parallel to the show storyline. So we would have like crazy things happen to us during the week, and then we turn on the show on Sunday nights, and whatever happened to us that week was, to a much larger extent, ridiculed via via the show, but still was hitting a little too close to home. Um, so I remember, uh, I remember at a certain point last year we got called into this meeting, um, this kind of vague meeting, and we walked in and. We met these uh, these individuals, and the story that they were giving us as to why they wanted to talk to us didn't make a whole lot of sense. And it wasn't like 20 minutes into the meeting that we realized they were trying to mind rape our idea. Oh, no. <laughs> it's crazy. So we literally got up and walked out of the meeting. It was this very, very dramatic thing. Um, we've never walked, walked out of a meeting, uh, either at Brentsuka or previously in our lives, but but we did this meeting, get up, and literally walk out. And then come Sunday, we turned on the show, and it was the infamous Silicon Valley mind rape episode. Um, and we looked at each other, and we're like, this isn't healthy for us. We need to stop watching. So then Silicon Valley does represent the tech industry quite well. <laughs> it, it really does. It's kind of scary. <laughs> That's really great. That's probably why it's so successful. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then uh, what's your favorite TV show? Do you have one? Uh, um, you know, another founder, um, actually a couple of founders in Denver and Boulder um, have begun binge watching uh, a most ridiculous show on Netflix. And we talk about it all the time. Uh, we're watching... Um, we're we're watching uh, this Netflix reality show. What's 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 the name? It's like Border Patrol or something like that. Canadian Border Patrol. Yes. Well, they also have Australia Border Patrol and U.S. Border Patrol just came out. Don't you know? Oh. Uh, so we've been binge watching those shows. Um, and recently, we were talking about how did we get so into this. And the reason is pretty simple. It has nothing, absolutely nothing to do with what we do day in and day out. It is it is complete escapist type entertainment. Um, watching people trying to go through through TSA with a joint. <laughs> those are not the problems that that we face on a daily basis. So those are the shows we're watching. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. What about you guys? What are you guys watching and doing? What are you guys interested in? My big one right now is um, Goliath on Amazon with Billy Bob okay. Thornton. Um, I've seen the uh, I've seen the trailers. Yes, I highly recommend it, and it's it's only like um, eight episodes, so don't binge it. It's too good. Don't binge it. <laughs> you don't want it's it to too- be over okay. in one day. You know what I did with Game of Thrones is I waited till season three to start on season one. Yeah, that's see, that's the worst when they're so short. You know, you wanna, you don't wanna watch them right away. 
totally. it last. Do you have any uh, quotes um, that we could share, um, maybe for the other techie creatives out there that um, you could pass pass on? Oh, I have a great quote. We made T-shirts out of it. Ooh, just because it's like so true. Let's hear it. Here it goes. The computer aspect of cyber is very tough, but solvable. And that's a quote from Donald J. Trump, 45th president of the United States. <laughs> I think we're going to need those teachers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> send me your address. We'll send you some. All right. All right. Definitely. You're awesome. Well, that's it for this episode of The Dank Show. A big thank you to Achilles for taking the time to chat with us. And I want to thank you, our listeners, for spending some time with us as well. If you'd like to hear more, you can subscribe to The Dank Show on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher for new episodes every other Tuesday. The Dang Show is brought to you by Simeon, the company that empowers creatives to do what they love most by providing innovative media management and collaboration tools that transform ideas from inception to final cut. Manage and share media assets, present, review and approve, and win new business with Simeon's single source, easy to use platform. Create, inspire, entertain. Visit www.gosimeon.com today to start your free 14-day trial.